Have you ever thought to yourself, hmm, am I missing something? Or is there something missing in all of these self-development practices? Well, us too. I'm Chloe, a yoga student and teacher. And I'm Natalie, a spiritual channel and life coach. We're two cousins raised in very different parts of the country with very different life experiences. But we found ourselves in a conversation where we discovered how similar our self-development paths are, despite our different perspectives and approaches. So we welcome you to this space and our conversations all about our personal growth paths, practices, and perspectives. So let's get into it. If you guys follow us on social media, you'll know that we're trying to break into the TikTok world. Yeah. And uh, we're, you know, very new to TikTok, as we are with kind of all of this. But we posted like a little quick kind of centering practice this week. And that I've, I keep coming back to because. Like, who out there is constantly going back and forth between stressing about the future and replaying the past and kind of forgetting about this present moment? I know that I do that on a daily basis. Yeah. And so this practice that we posted was all about getting back to this present and centering ourselves in the present and using these tools that we all, almost all in one form or another, have. And I was also, well, okay, so the, the senses, I'll, I'll just, you know, it was the senses if you didn't see it. If you, if you didn't see it, you can go watch it. But um, I was also reading this week in Thich Nhat Hanh book, which I told Natalie about. <laughs> it's a great book. It's called uh, No Mud, No Lotus. And in it, he's talking about that exact same thing. He's talking about the, the present and being in the present and not letting the worries of the future and the wounds of the past live with us constantly. Obviously, it's a part of who we are, but not letting those things get in the way of being in the present. And he talks about the breath and how even just bringing your awareness to your breath, to your inhales and your exhales brings you back into this moment and brings your body and your mind back together. And that is really a great, as I said, practice of awareness of this moment. Yeah. You know, just to piggyback on that, I mean, I've mentioned it in, in, previous in a previous episode that time is an illusion now we do have to survive in this you know society on calendar time or clock time sure I mean that's just how we can function in the day but at the end at the end of the day time is still an illusion because basically what's happening is we're so focused on the future which causes anxiety, 
fears, frustration, and like all of this, like rush, rush, rush. I got to get this done. I got to like do the checklist. I got to be here by the age of 40, you know, type of thing. I have to have reached this goal by this time. And then what's also a big issue is that some of us like myself, you know, focus on, not focus, but like ruminate a lot on the past and what could I have done differently or why did, you know, what did I learn from this or how, you know, so it's a lot of fighting memories and also like fighting our imagination for the future. So fighting our memories and then also fighting our imagination of the future. And so that's why, you know, it's talked about how time is an illusion because the future is not here and we don't know what the future really is going to look like. And so really all you're doing is imagining and the past is gone and is no longer there. So we're not in the present moment. So in order to be here, you know, because we always we always miss our future moment. We always miss the future because we're always, or, or we always miss the present moment. I'm sorry, excuse me. Let me repeat that or uh, rephrase that. We are always in the future, so we, we always miss out on the present. So when our future is here that we've hoped for and dreamed about, we miss it because we're so focused on the future. That's not really, we don't know how it's going to pan out. And that kind of ties in with, my little mini so that I did um, last week is, you know, we don't know how the future is going to unfold. You know, there's still something greater. And so stop focusing on what is coming and focus on this present moment. Yeah, well, so it's the, it's hard to live in the present because of, like you were saying, the, you know, always looking to the future or ruminating on the past it's equally hard, equally challenging to sit with ourselves. And there's that thought there of, okay, are we constantly looking to the future because it's uncomfortable to sit with ourselves in the present? Right. And so so it's like we're we're constantly trying to run away from that discomfort. Right of being with ourselves but it's being with ourselves that we really learn a lot I mean I'm a yoga teacher if you've been following us at all you know that and it's so interesting when we get to shavasana in in an asana class in an asana practice we pretty much always end with shavasana and it's so interesting teaching a class and observing the practitioners in the class and how they respond to shavasana and it usually kind of goes one of two ways it's either they get super comfortable and you know kind of fall asleep or they get super fidgety and both of them are kind of a sign of something and the the first response the you know getting super comfortable and it almost kind of becomes nap time or it does become nap time, is a sign that you are exhausted. Not just tired, but exhausted. Which is probably a sign that you're maybe not fully caring for yourself in the way that you need. The other response that to get super fidgety is a sign that you're uncomfortable sitting in that stillness with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to observe those two responses. 
obviously, I mean, those are kind of the main responses. There are some people who are super comfortable with Shavasana and absolutely love it. But it's also Shavasana is considered one of, if not the most important pose, important asana in the canon of yoga asana because it's such a great teacher because we have to sit with ourselves. So if you can hear in the background, there's, you know, sometimes you'll hear some airplanes going over our heads. And I find it interesting that we're talking about this because Chloe and I are finding challenges today in recording this podcast. You know, we've we've had issues with our cords. We've had issues with our mixer. We've had issues with certain just things in the software. Like there's been issues upon issues upon issues. And so what's interesting as we talk about this, it's like we are in the moment of kind of feeling into that uncomfortableness of practicing this, okay, this stillness of like, okay, let's just take like take a take a break while this plane goes over. And it's like we also are rushed by time because I'm gonna have to go pick up my daughter soon. And so we're we're actually in this moment right now, kind of dealing with uncomfortable feelings. And it makes us want to like hurry up and rush things through. It wants it wants us to not necessarily like at least from my experience, I'm noticing kind of like an irritation where I'm like, oh my God, like why can't we just get this done? Now in a, in another practice of mine that I do is like I look for the science. So I'm like, is this something that we're being shown that maybe today is not the day to do this stuff? Or is it a, is it a learning moment to help us to understand? even even further what we're discussing with you guys. So it's interesting how I'm feeling kind of like I myself am not even feeling the most comfortable sitting in this stillness of like, okay, well, what is this? What, what are these feelings that are arising within me? I feel rushed. I feel irritated. And at the same time, I'm like, but look at what it's showing us. It's showing us our emotions. It's showing us our frustrations and some things that trigger us. And that is vitally important on your soul journey on your spiritual development it's learning how to become the observer the witness of your experience rather than being the identifier rather than being identified within this experience it's more of like take a step back notice what is it bringing up within you and through this I have felt kind of like my head kind of get tense and like oh my god we just got to get this done and even even my muscles a little bit tense and tight and when I even talk about that, I notice, okay, so I noticed my legs were tight. I noticed my shins were tight. Okay, let's relax. So it's a really good practice to become the witness, become the observer. How does this uncomfortable moment, what does it bring up in you? And that's exactly what Chloe is talking about with Shavasana. Lay there and what thoughts come to mind? If you are in a yoga class and you're doing Shavasana, and all of a sudden, these thoughts of like the to-dos start to make your body tense and tight. Just step back and say, okay, I noticed that. Why is that? Oh, because it's bringing up stress because there's not enough time in this day. So what can you do then with the little daylight and business hours that you have for the day? What could you actually do to help release that? Okay, well, I can get this done and this done. And although it may be not the most productive day, I would argue that it is productive because you're starting to become a little bit more self-aware of what your triggers are and what how your body responds. Excuse me, responds. 
Well, it's such an interesting thing that you're bringing up here because it's something that I've actually been kind of thinking about lately. I saw this post recently on Instagram that was saying something about, you know, all of this self-care, self-love bullshit when really people need to be learning conflict resolution or something along those lines. Interesting. And it is an interesting balance of like being aware of noticing when you need rest and when you need to push through. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's something Natalie and I have been talking about just today, you know, with all of this is this like, okay, well, you know, trying to get podcast listeners, trying to grow our listener base. And it's like, how do we grow that? And how long do we keep pushing forward when we don't have a huge listener base yet? And so there's that balance of like knowing when you have to push through and knowing when you have to slow down. And anyone, I mean, anyone who has achieved anything has had to push through something. Something. Exactly. I mean, coming back to that, the book, No Mud, No Lotus. A lotus, the, the lotus flower, has to push through mud and literal shit to be able to grow and bloom and become this beautiful flower. There is that balance and it requires that awareness of understanding yourself and like Natalie was saying really observing what things bring up in you and how things affect you and and through through that understanding you learn what different situations require I mean we talk about this all the time I mean everybody says you know like pick your battles it's the same idea it's the same it's like okay what is what's worth it and what's not And when is it time to slow down? When is it time to take care of yourself? And when is it time to keep pushing forward? You know, and it's, it's, it's interesting, like, to see, you know, what you you said earlier is like, what social media brings up because and I shouldn't say social media, but what being on your phone, I guess can bring up because you know, there's articles that you, you read on your phone. I read an article just this week, also, that was talking about how mindfulness and meditation, actually the practice of mindfulness can is starting to teach people to become a little bit more selfish and how, and like you said, that there's a balance, right? We need to find this balance. So that brings me to like people like, again, myself, how I have put other people's needs before my own for my, almost my entire life up until maybe just recently, where I started like looking at like, oh, God, my freaking cup is like extremely empty, probably shattered by now. And it's time for me to like, really pay attention to what I need. And yeah, there is an element of selfishness, but it's not wrong to be selfish when you are wanting to care for somebody and wanting to like, help other people. Like if you have an understanding of yourself that, you know what, this is too much for me today. I can't. Or if even if you're a person that struggles to ask for help, but you know you have to because it's going to, if you don't ask for help, you're really going to push yourself over the edge. It's really paying attention to what your body, what your, what your heart and everything is telling you. Really pay attention to all of that. I personally don't think that mindfulness is teaching us to be selfish. I think it's teaching us to be self-aware. 
And through self-awareness, there's a lot of people that need to learn to set boundaries with what they are capable of and what they're not in the moment. Because maybe you can do 10 things, 30 things in a day, but on other days you can't because of maybe you're going through a mensy cycle or maybe because you've had a very stressful week and you've been helping a lot of people. Like you, we have to, we have to really define the difference between selfishness and being self-aware. There is a huge distinction. And I think innately, none of us really want to be selfish. I mean, from my understanding, you know, there, there's a part of our brain, and I want to say it's the prefrontal cortex, that helps us logically understand certain things that come up in our brain. And then there's another part that I can't remember at all that's in our brain that wants us, that brings things to our awareness of like when we're not feeling accepted and when we're not feeling a part of a group. So that's why we we try our best to fit in because back in caveman days, if we were not accepted, we were not going to be a part of a pack and that could leave us in very dangerous situations. And so we still have that very primal part of our brain that still triggers that when we're not accepted. So I think innately we still do things to help other people because we know it not only helps us to feel better, but it helps other people. Like there's this whole selfishness I don't I don't get. And I think it's like maybe a generation. I mean, I, I get it. I get it because I want to preface this by saying I don't know these people, but we have definitely seen people capitalizing on this industry, on mindfulness. I mean, yoga alone is something like an $80 billion business. There are celebrities and entrepreneurs who practice meditation and do yoga, but, you know, the way that they live doesn't match up with with that. The way that they live doesn't match up with what they're saying or with the business that they're running. And so I think that there is kind of that flip side. I mean, anything, anything can be manipulated and distorted and yeah, just taken advantage of. And it's no different with this. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get where you're going. So I I can see where that argument comes in, that it is... A bit selfish. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I get it too from like, I, I can see it from my parents' standpoint is like, if you're not... I'm not I'm not throwing them under the bus or anything. It's just I feel like maybe it's a generational thing potentially or maybe it's a cultural thing that if you're not showing up to family gatherings or if you're not kind of doing what is expected is expected, then it's selfish. And 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 again, I'm not throwing my family under the bus or anything. It's just something that I'm observing as far as like is this a cultural thing? Is I, I'm observing from the Hispanic culture is that if you're not showing up, you know, well, they're just, they're just out doing their own thing and, you know, they don't want to be a part type of thing. At least that's within the Hispanic families that I've seen to an extent that you have to come around more and, you know, show that you want to um, help and do all of this, uh, be a part of us or else it's deemed selfish. So when you're doing mindfulness practices and setting boundaries and putting up, in a sense, walls, in a sense, to kind of protect your own energy and protect yourself from 
overextending yourself, yeah, it can be viewed as selfish, sure. But look at the whole, like if you're, if you're depleted because you're doing so much for others or if you're doing so much to put food on your table to keep, you know, food in the fridge, you know, it's like, it's, it's just, a, it is a hard balance. It, it yes. is, it, at bottom line, it's a hard balance. It's a hard balance. And that's something maybe playing a little bit devil's advocate that another element of that balance is the time that you need and the things that you need and your interconnectedness with the people around you. I mean, a big part of yoga, yoga is very much a practice of self-awareness. One, one of, so there's eight limbs of yoga. The second limb is the niyamas and there are five practices of the niyamas and one of them is svadhyaya which is self-awareness self-awareness is very much a practice of yoga but yoga is individual liberation and collective liberation and they can't exist separately like we've talked about before we cannot exist in isolation we cannot exist separate from the whole Mm -hmm. and so there is that balance too of you know, when do I stand up for me? And when, for a lack of better wording, do we fall on our swords? Again, it's that idea of choosing our battles, choosing when to care for ourselves, choosing when to push through or knowing, we're not even choosing, but being aware of these situations, being aware of ourselves in the situations and being aware of the bigger the bigger whole, the bigger picture, and and our our part in that bigger picture. I mean, I've I've told Natalie like boundaries are crazy important. It's on our list of podcast topics, so stay tuned for that episode. But there are people in my life that I have had to establish boundaries with, but there are people that I can't necessarily tell that to. There are people I can't cut out of my life. But there are people that I have been intentional about creating boundaries with. So there are very much people I still have a relationship with. There are people I talk to. There are people I see. But I have established boundaries for myself within that relationship without the other person even knowing. So, I mean, again, there's kind of that it's, it's a... It's not always so black and white. It can be. It can be very black and white. But again, it it goes back to balance because in this life, nothing is black and white. It's like there's points that are there are like you're saying are, but there's also a lot of gray and we have to learn to kind of I mean, holy crap. Again, I'm, I'm a new astrologer and so I'm very fixed in my birth chart. And so coming from experience, somebody being so fixed, you know, all of my personal planets, I think, except for a few are and and except for my ascendant, you know, yeah, we, we I just got to say we got to talk fast in this episode because there are so many planes today. But again, it's a good practice for us to understand, to be present and aware of what it's all triggering and how to stay in the moment. This is definitely a day when we're really practicing what we preach. Yeah. Where I'm, I'm, I've been sitting here like, yeah. okay, gotta, gotta push through, gotta push through. That's why sometimes, stay in the yeah. moment. and that's why sometimes we're cracking up over here. Cause I'm, I, there's like, there's like a part of me that just wants to say, what the fuck? We're like, really? Come on guys. Just say it. 
Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is just ridiculous today. <laughs> but it's been interesting to say the least because we get to tell you that we're practicing what we fucking preach. But anyways, what I was saying is that, you know, coming from somebody who has a lot of fixed, who has a lot of stubbornness and very little wiggle room, you know, it is a hard dance to not know how to move out of the the gray area or the black and white. But that's how we, you know, really get to know ourselves is, you know, just understand these areas that are are really positive that can, some people can say, well, that's that's not a the great trait. But, you know, it's just practicing how can how can this like fixity. See, you guys hear that? You hear that airplane? It's coming it's like, for us. It's like every minute. It's coming for <laughs> us. I got to ask my friend who works at the at the Air Force Base, like, dude, WTF, like, let me know when your planes are flying so that we don't plan to podcast. Oh, God. Anyways, but with somebody who has so much fixity in their chart, I have to learn how to dance in this life that is not so rigid and it's not so organized and planned out. That's what you beautiful mutable signs are for. You guys are here to teach that flexibility and to understand that it's okay to struggle as long as you know that it's going to be okay and it's transitory and it's only for this moment and work with what you have you know really work with what you have and today what we have is a lot of airplanes flying by and I would arguably say a lot of traffic today too it's like wow you guys are really really wanting us to practice what we preach today well and that's an interesting thought that you bring up too because I was just thinking about that this morning in my my morning meditation practice which I've talked about in my mini-sode this idea of practices I mean this this was my thought it could apply you know to many different things but you know I was sitting there in my meditation just thinking about how how my morning practice kind of goes in phases like there are times when Every day I do this 555 practice. There are times when every day I start my morning with an Ayurveda routine. But then there are times when I don't. Like right now, I'm kind of in a in a season where I'm doing the 555 every day, but I'm not doing the Ayurveda every day. And well, can I can I interject and say and um, this whole 30-day challenge that Chloe and I <laughs> proposed to do, like, I my experience is, at least in the month of July, so that's why I really like that you just said in, in the season, because maybe we just chose the wrong season to do the 30-day challenge, because... Or it's just acknowledging that <laughs> challenge of it. Right. I mean, because, like... We haven't that- done it. I mean, we have done it, but it's been very... It's it's a struggle. It's It's a a struggle. struggle. (laughs) So if you struggle with that kind of thing, just know you're not alone because we're both kind of, you know, this is kind of what we do and we struggle with it. Yeah. But being aware of those seasons and learning to adapt with those seasons, because I think like there's kind of this pressure almost that you have to, especially if you have a stubborn personality Mm -hmm. that you have to do these certain things all the time every day but if you you start to to become yeah if you start to become aware of how you change with the seasons and if you can acknowledge that and work with it like Natalie said work with it and and learn to ease up 
we all need to ease up. I you, think. you know, I mean, that's the thing is like sometimes we push too hard and we're not even recognizing that we need to ease up because maybe we're pushing, we're forcing something that there's not, the, that's not the right time for. Mm-hmm. So you really got to really feel into, and that's the, that's the practice of self-awareness is become aware of what the, what's, what's being triggered right now. What's become the observer what is this what emotions is this triggering what thoughts is this provoking you know become very aware of the inner self what it's saying to you so that you can navigate and start start to dance with it versus like coming in like a freaking bulldozer like i'm coming in like a wrecking ball and i'm gonna make sure that (gasps) i freaking get this shit done every season has i mean you think about weather right? Seasonal weather. There's, of course, now the seasons are completely whack. I heard today that it was 121 degrees in British Columbia. Good God. Batty. I don't know. I mean, yeah. But, you know, traditional seasons have a flow. You know, there's a reason for the seasons. You talk to farmers and they plant at a certain time Mm -hmm. and they harvest at a certain time Mm -hmm. because the different seasons bring different things and And so you have to work with what the seasons are bringing and it's the same with us i mean we go through seasons and learning to recognize your seasons and learning how to work with your seasons is yeah you need it i mean we will we go through dry spells we go through wet spells for lack of a Better word. But when you think about, you know, places like there's often a a dry season and a wet season and you get something out of both of those. Well, and even, you know, I'm and I'm not saying that men aren't attuned to the moon cycles, but women are usually the ones that are very in tune with the moon cycles. So if you're a woman that's listening, definitely pay attention to how you go with the moons, the, the new moon the full moon, those are big ones to pay attention to, and also the waxing and the waning. Where do you fit in? And naturopaths will tell you, sync up your cycle to the moons, to the new moon or the full moon. You know, just notice how you respond as you are, you know, going with these cycles. So it's just interesting how we are creatures of, we're just attuned to to the earth. We are. I mean, I just... I kind of don't know where my mind went. I kind of just went like a squirrel moment in it. <laughs> but I'm just kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Where the hell was I? But, well, but I appreciate that because like, I mean, women, like you said, women, we all are there. We all, you know, have tracked our cycles probably since we started. And, you know, Natalie and I were just talking about ours the other day. And I've learned that mine are particularly bad around Christmas time. And Natalie's learned different things with hers. And that right there is an example of self-awareness because I have learned how to adapt because of the way I know my cycle works, just like a lot of other women have. I mean, I, I lost my thought there too. Yeah, we're kind of squirrely today, guys. And I think it's because of the stop and go with the airplanes. Yeah, if, if we're a little bit all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it. I mean, again, it's just, it's really perfect for the moment for what the topic is, because it's helping us to recognize how to, how to really remain in the moment and to remember like what we're talking about and what we wanted to talk about, really. And, and so we're not, 
you know, typically I can be really squirrely, but I have to say because of the airplanes, I have been pretty focused and on point. And I'm kind of like, wow, for the most part, you know, because there are like, I just had a squirrel moment, but it, it, it kind of is a shit show today, but <laughs> makes well, for comedic relief, right? We've talked before about how there are no like really bad experiences. There are experiences right. that are more pleasant and there are experiences that are less pleasant, but every experience teaches us something. And this is that exact same thing of learning to sit with this kind of like, this is not ideal um, an ideal podcast circumstances to be recording a podcast well neither was our last one i mean we started off with that or we the entire podcast was not plugged in oh yeah so we're kind of all over the place y'all we had a couple yeah but but you know sitting in those uncomfortable situations learning to be in those uncomfortable situations teaches you something if you are willing to be aware of it and let it teach you yeah i mean I definitely know one thing that I've learned about myself is if I really need need to focus, and that's what I'm, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I'm remembering it right now. When I was when I was studying at the U of A, the only way I could focus because I have been diagnosed with ADHD and ADD, whatever, and the only way I could focus was I would have to go to a coffee house that had a lot of traffic and have blaring music in my ear. Now it wasn't it wasn't like hardcore metal metal or anything. It was like Explosions in the Sky. Beautiful group if you've never heard of them. Check them out, Explosions in the Sky. But I would listen to them all the time and it was like loud as can be, all this traffic and I had like a crap ton of coffee. That was the only way I could study. I couldn't study in silence. I couldn't study at home. It was like the most bizarre thing. And I was like, holy crap. And so even right now, there's all of this noise. There's all of this stuff happening. It's forcing me to focus, which is so that's part of self-awareness. So don't beat yourself up just because like, let's say you do have AD, you've been diagnosed with ADHD or ADD. Don't beat yourself up because, you know, you're not like as focused as the other person or you. It was a hard thing for you to get through school because of that. Maybe you just didn't find your environment. Or maybe you just weren't aware of what actually really helps you. And so we revert to the easy things. Like like for me, when I knew I, I was struggling, I, would, I went to a psychiatrist and I was like, this is what's happening. She put me on Adderall for a little bit. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. But then I started noticing what it did to my body. So as I practiced and start to become aware of what was so helpful for me, you know, it really did start changing course as I started working with what I had. Well, and... I'd like to throw out an observation that in modern and contemporary today, we have more and more diagnoses, not that any of them aren't real. I do want to put that out there. But we are living in a time of mass diagnosis. Yep. If you don't think like most people, if you don't operate like most people, if you don't work like most people, if you don't process things like most people, you're diagnosed. And that is something that's interesting to me in that rather than just being aware of how you think and what you need, we feel like we need to diagnose everything yep. and say, oh, you have something because you're not like everyone else. Well, and, you know, coming from a metaphysical standpoint too, and this is like 
for those of you who aren't familiar with metaphysics and everything, there's people that have been labeled as star seeds and indigo children. And those are the people that have typically been diagnosed with ADD or some form of ADHD, ADD. And I'm not going to get into that because I'm not completely familiar with everything that people have channeled or received information from about indigo children or about starseeds. But for me in particular, apparently I fall in that category. And so it's like, start doing the research about these ailments. And if you if you go down the rabbit hole, you might find some interesting discoveries that kind of point to like, you don't need to be drugged up in order to um, survive this life. Maybe you just have a very high frequency or a vibration or you have a specific mission here. And so if you learn to work with energy, you know, so there's there's so many ways to quote unquote skin a cat. I don't like that <laughs> reference. I don't like it at all because I, I love animals. But, you know, so just have give yourself some grace, take a step back and observe and start to become the witness. I do want to read this excerpt real fast from No Mud, No Lotus because I keep going back to it um, because he literally also talks about this exact thing. But he's talking about like how animals and we've kind of talked about animals like animals are so in tune to themselves like you watch a dog after it takes a nap. It gets up and the very first thing it does is stretch. And, you know, that's what any naturopath, any physical therapist, like they will all say, if you do nothing else when you wake up in the morning, stretch because we need it. And animals are super in tune to that stuff. So in this book, Thich Nhat Hanh says, we human beings used to have this kind of wisdom, but we have lost touch with it. Yep. We don't know how to rest anymore. Yep. We don't allow the body to rest, to release the tension and heal. We rely almost entirely on medication to deal mm. with sickness and pain, yet the most effective ways to ease and transform our suffering are already available to us without any prescription and at no financial cost. Yep. I mean, that's just hell yeah. And anybody that lives in, in the United States can you know, understand that because, you know, it was told to me once and I, I don't remember if I was in Italy or where I was when this happened, but somebody told me that the reason why Europeans aren't a big fan of Americans is because they love to work versus, um, or they live to work. That's what it was. They live to work versus Europeans. They work to live. And I mean, it's normal to take like a six week summer holiday in Europe. Yeah. Or I mean, it's mandatory to take two weeks at least, right? I don't think it's mandatory. Somebody, I think my, uh, the friend that I made in, in uh, Paris actually told me. mandatory? I think, yeah, he told me, he said it, well, it's a mandatory two weeks. You have to, bottom we, line. In the United States, and for anyone listening, seriously, I would encourage you to hear this. There is something like four million or 4 billion, it's a very, very, very high number of unused vacation days. And just so you know, those are paid vacation days. You are literally, that money is worked in to your pay to take those days off, and we're not taking them. But there are situations where childcare is an issue and then money to go somewhere. So 
Well, if you can't go somewhere, you don't have to go right, anywhere you can have a staycation. A right. Yeah. yeah. Have a staycation, stay at home, maybe do some things to take to take your to-do list down a little bit so you don't feel so overwhelmed. Those, those paid vacation days. I mean, I don't, I don't know listeners your situations, but those paid vacation days, I I think tend to come with more of those like I don't know what a good word is, like people who work in customer service probably are less likely to have vacation days. Like you get the accumulated ones. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it tends to be more of like a package kind of job. Well, you know, back in the day, at least I know, um, I know people who used to savor all of their vacation days because they didn't want to spend the money to go on vacation. So they would get payouts for their vacation days. Mm. But companies aren't doing that anymore. And I think that is absolutely ridiculous that people can't, they're, they're working. So why can't they get paid out if they choose not to go on vacation? Which, I mean, me personally, I'm like, I need a break from the, the nine to fives or I need a break from my boss or whatever. I, I loved vacation days. I didn't even care if I didn't go on a vacation. I mm-hmm. needed to get the hell away from my job because I just, it was miserable. But like we've talked about too, I feel like that is becoming, that is shifting. That's that's a generational shift in that I think, you know, millennials and I guess I don't really know about Gen Zers, but like I think millennials are much more happy <laughs> to use their vacation days. Us as self-employers don't get paid vacation days. Yeah. But the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. We got to figure out the hustle. It's a thing, but... Anyways, guys, let's let's uh, round this out a bit and just kind of bring it back to what our initial topic was, which was self-awareness is key and work with what you've been gifted with, gifted with, which is from, again, where my mind goes is, are you a cardinal sign? Are you a person that initiates things, but you definitely are not maybe one that finishes and that's what the fixity signs are. That's what the fixed signs are all about. You know, they are good finishers because they are hard workers and they are going to get the shit. They're going to get shit done. And then there's the mutable signs that, you know, my mentor, which we're, we're going to have on on for an interview. She once told me that mutable signs are here to make sure that the cardinals and the fixed don't rip each other apart. So it's like we're all here. We all have gifts and we all have each of these elements within our within our birth charts, within our personality, it's just where do we have a bigger emphasis of? So to make sure that you start getting to know yourself better, become that observer, notice what situations, conversations, thoughts, notice what emotions, thoughts, sensations, like what it arises within you. That's how you start getting to know yourself better so that you can better prepare yourself for the situations that you walk into, the circumstances you find yourself in, all of that. That's all for today because I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, well, I got to go get my daughter. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today, even though it was kind of all over the place. And we, I apologize for the things we don't have control of, which is the airplanes and sirens no. and cars. We, we can't apologize for the things we don't have control of, though. I will put that out there. Okay. That, you know... Because I think that's something, too, to be aware of. Again, with kind of this balance, with kind of this learn when to slow down, when to push through, learn when to be aware of when we need to 
apologize for things and when we need to just accept the things that are out of our control. True that, y'all. So on that note. Until next time. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to the Purusha Podcast, a Purusha Project production. If you like what you've heard and want to know more, check us out on Instagram at the Purusha Project. Purusha spelled P-U-R-U-S-A at the Purusha Project or on Facebook at the Purusha Project. You can find our website at the link in bio on Instagram or Facebook or at the link in the episode notes. And if you want to stay up to date on happenings or get more content straight into your inbox, sign up for our email newsletter on our website or at the link in the episode notes. And you can join our conversation by sending us your questions or let us know your thoughts on the episode by emailing us at theperushaproject at gmail.com or head over to the Perusha Project Facebook group. The Perusha Podcast is created by Natalie Palomares and Chloe Dascoli with music by Pablo Station. If you like his sound, you can check him out at his Instagram, underscore Pablo.station, or by clicking the link in the episode notes. Thanks again for listening in. Until next time.